Hey, good morning, Northside family. It is good to see you guys today, and I want to welcome you, uh, especially if it's your first time here to Northside. I want to say hello. My name's Nate, one of the pastors here, and uh, so glad that you're here. And church family, if you've been a long time part of the Northside family, I'm grateful that you're here today uh, because today we really need each other. And uh, this is the gift of the church. Uh, that we don't just come here to sing, so that way hopefully God will love us more. God already loves us. We get to sing, we get to learn. Uh, but today we're going to do something a little bit different as a church family. Uh, and this is something a lot of times we want to avoid because we don't want to talk about pain. We don't want to deal with pain. But something that everybody has to deal with in the church is we need to learn how to grieve together. Uh, Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 15, and he's writing to the church. He said, rejoice with those who rejoice. And then right after that, he says this, and mourn with those who mourn. And I just got to be honest today, church family, we are in a season of mourning. And I need to let you know it is okay to mourn. It is okay to be sad. And if I can be as bold to say this, it is okay to be disappointed in God. He can take it. He can take our hurt. He can take our frustration. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I want to update you guys a little bit. Uh, this last week, uh, Ben Woods, who is our college-age pastor, uh, who also happens to be my cousin, uh, his little girl, Calla, who uh, is there on his lap, lost her battle with cancer this week. And we are devastated devastated as a church family I'd say this we're devastated as a community I've had several conversations this week who people said you know I never got to talk with Ben I don't know Kala but me and my family we have been reading their post on Facebook and we have been crying and we have been praying and I just want to let you know today church family that is okay Matter of fact, this is why God has given us the church, because we hit these times in life that we can't go through this together. And so literally today, we're going to continue in our series road trip, except we're going to take a detour. We're not going to continue in our series. We're going to talk about something totally different today, because that's what it means to follow God. And uh, I just want to let you know today, our hearts are with you. We're going to spend some time listening to the words of Jesus. We're going to spend some time praying. Uh, we're going to be sending some resources out to you this week uh, to talk. If you have children who are friends with the family, you're having hard conversations, we're going to partner with you guys. We are going to walk through this as a church together. And uh, just to start our time, we know this, it's okay to grieve, but here's the thing. God's not asking you to get over it. God is asking you to let him get you through it. And God is going to walk us through this. And God is going to be with us. And God is going to teach us. And we are going to learn from him. But we learn also from one another. And so if you guys would today, would you guys stand with me? And I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit uncomfortable because sometimes it's cool to come in here and just kind of do our own thing and get out of here. But would you do this? Would you just kind of stretch a hand out and grab a hand or lock an arm of somebody even cross the aisles. We can't cross the aisle politically, but we'll do it here today at church, all right? <laughs> Only Jesus can unite. Only Jesus can hold us together. And this is what it means to be the church, that we are the gift to one another because the Spirit wants to minister to us and through us today. 
And I want to give you permission as we sing these songs today. If you go, I just can't sing it. That's okay. That's okay. You are in the right place. And the Spirit wants to minister to you in ways that we cannot help ourselves because it is God with us in Jesus. So he is calling us as a church to come together and we will see the power of the Spirit at work in us. So let me pray for us today. Father, we are broken. We are devastated. And Father, I am mindful of the hurt in this room, not just from the loss of Kala, but Father, I know that there's a lot of triggers that go off when we think about loss. We think about the loved ones that we've lost. We think about the injustices in the world that have broken our hearts. And God, you allow us to ask the tough questions. You allow us to ask why. And yet in the midst of us asking questions, in the midst of our anger, you continue to love and to heal and to renew us in a way that only you can. And so Father, before we do anything else, before we say anything else, before we sing anything else, we just simply bring our hearts to you today. Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you minister to us today? Would you hold our hearts? Would you heal our hearts? Would you help us to cry tears because it's okay? Because Jesus, this is why you came. You came so that we would have hope in the midst of our hurt. This is why you went to the cross, so that you would take away our sin. And this is why you rose again, so that death would not have the last word. And so we know that Kala is with you, Jesus, singing your praises, healed and whole. And we say thank you for that hope right now. Thank you that even though we hurt, we hurt with hope. God, would your hope fill this place today? Holy Spirit, would you come today? Have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Hold your church together. Minister to us. Oh, Jesus, we need you now. Thank you for being with us. And it's in your name that we all said together, amen. Hey, would you do this real quick? Would you say hello? And if you see a tear around you, which I see a lot, would you give somebody a hug and let them know they're here? And if you could, slide in as much as you can. We want to make room for everybody today. of trial and heartache, we are still called to come together and worship our King. So let's stand together today as a church body, as a church family, and say, God, you are our strength. You are our hope. You are our only source of foundation.
come to you today in a time of mourning, in a time of trial. And we lift worship to you, saying, yes, I will worship you no matter what's going on. Because you are God, you are faithful. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God that's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley.
you guys can go ahead and take a seat. Well, as Nate said earlier, our church family right now is walking into a season of mourning. And the song, It Is Well, was written in a time just like this. The writer lost his entire family to a shipwreck and still was able to write and sing the words, It is well within my soul. And we get to sing that too because we find our strength in our Savior and we find our hope in our Savior. So as we go into a time of communion today, let's make it our prayer that we lean in to the strength that only our God can provide. That we lean into the hope that our God gives us, the sacrifice that he made for us and the fact that he is coming back again one day, the trumpets will sound, the Lord will descend and we will have complete healing from him. So as you receive the bread and the juice today,
let's stand together today and sing this last verse of hope together. Amen as well. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be well within us because we have strength from you. We have hope from you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the love and comfort that you show us. And in times of trial and heartache and hardship, let us lean in to the love and comfort you have for us. Let us lean in to the strength that you have for us because we can't do this on our own. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's celebrate some life change together today. Well, good morning, church. Uh, my name's Peyton, and this is my friend Clayton, and this is our friend Sam. Uh, Clayton and I have had the opportunity to be Sam's small group leader since he was in seventh grade, and he was about this tall, and now he's about as tall as me. So um, it's just been really awesome to watch uh, Sam grow up, become the godly man he is. And this past week, Clayton and I also had the opportunity um, to be Sam's small group leader at CIY Move with, with the Rising, and uh, we just had conversations with Sam, and uh, the baptism just came up, and it's definitely a step that he felt like he was called to, what his next steps were, and that's what's led us here today. So, Sam, I have a couple questions for you. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Yes. Do you believe that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you take him today to be your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. All right, Sam, it's because of that great confession, we get to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, forgiveness of sins, and the gift of eternal life. Well, we love seeing the next generation continue to follow Jesus. And if anybody were to ask you, what is Northside all about? I would encourage you to share this phrase with them. We are here to connect unconnected people to Jesus Christ. That is why we exist. That is why God has created the church. That is what Jesus has given us as our mission as a church to continue to call people to him. And uh, before our volunteers come to take the offering, I just want to celebrate one more thing with you. This last week, we had our third through fifth grade camp, and we had 40 kids make a decision to follow Jesus and be baptized. And we love we love the movement of God and how he is so faithful to call all peoples and all generations to him. And so right now as our volunteers come to collect the offering, we give back with a joyful heart. We don't give back out of guilt. That's not why we give. We give back because God has given us Christ and we honor him with what he has given us. And so there's a couple ways you can give if you want. Uh, but my name's Nate, one of the pastors here. I want to welcome you. And uh, with those 40 kids who are getting baptized, and you saw with Sam who got baptized, 
we don't do this alone. We have people who are investing into us. That is what it means to be the church, is that we do this together. And I would encourage you, if you're not connected here, if you don't have a life group, or if you want to start serving and being a part of the Northside family, I want to invite you to go out to the living room, which is in the lobby. Uh, we can't go through life alone. And I want to get you connected here as fast as you can. Uh, or if you need prayer today, uh, no matter what's going on, we want to invite you uh, to hang out after the service. We'll have people, uh, our volunteers, we got staff in every section who would love just to wait and pray with you no matter what's going on. And uh, this is what it means to be the church family. And uh, sometimes we go through difficult things. And this is why God has given us one another, because we can't make it through life alone. And uh, today we're doing everything. We, we've changed our entire service because of what kind of happened this week. And we began to pray and we began to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to say? How can we follow you best? And uh, the thing that kept coming back and what we kept hearing so many times, if you guys read their Facebook post, uh, was how Ben and Crystal, through this whole journey, if, if you read any of their Facebook posts, it inspired and called us to a greater level of faith as a staff. Because we saw a family trust God and follow God and continue to have faith in God all the way through the most difficult season of their life. More difficult than anything I've faced in my life. And I've watched their faith be resolute and to continue to follow after them. And one of the things the Spirit put on my heart is this. We know uh, that this week they will have a celebration of life service for Kala. And uh, the Lord just kind of prompted me and said, Nate, they have encouraged so many people in the church and so many people in the community. I think it would be neat to ask them if we could encourage them as a church. And I just asked them if they would be willing just to give us a brief moment so we could celebrate them. Would you guys stand and encourage Ben and Crystal right now and just let them know how much we love them? You guys can remain standing just for a moment. We're going to pray for him here. I told him it would just be a minute, but we just, I was, uh, this whole week and this whole journey, just to see their constant faith. And if you could hear the prayers that they prayed in the hospital, I was blown away to the very end to hear them keep praying, Lord, just say the word and she'll be healed. And no matter what, we'll trust you. And we just want to let you know as a Northside family the impact that you have had on us. And we are so grateful for how you walk in hope, for how you walk in faith, and you let Jesus hold you together. And uh, I know we have like 8,000 people already signed up to mow their lawn, all right? And uh, I think they're covered to the year 2030. Uh, but here's just a couple ways I want to invite you to support them over this next season. Uh, because we are committed as a church family to walk with them, to invest everything we have into them. And uh, just a couple things I want to encourage you guys to do over this next season. Would you just pray your guts out for them? 
Would you bring them before the Lord every day and say, Holy Spirit, hold them and heal them? There's so many difficult conversations that they got to have with their kids and with their family. Would you just pray your guts out? And if you want to provide for them, you can go to their Team Woods Facebook page. There's a couple of ways that you can provide and support them. Uh, but this is something I want to ask you as well as a church family. And not only would you pray for them, but would you protect them in this next season? Would you hold the line? The greatest thing they need right now is space as a family to grieve and to mourn. We're going to invest in them. We're going to get them with the best people to walk with them. But would you guys just kind of put a wall of protection around them and to say, hey, let's just leave them alone for a little bit. Let's give them space. If you have a gift, drop it off at the church office. But as a church family, I think the greatest thing we can do is to say, man, we are praying for you, but we are going to give you space to just be. And uh, if you would, would you guys just extend out your hand right now just to pray towards them and say, we are praying with you and for you. Holy Spirit, we don't have the words, so we need you. And so, Father, we lift these servants up before you. They love you. They follow you. The Holy Spirit, we, we need you. And so would you move in a powerful way? Would you lift them up? Father, would you draw people to you? The hurting, Father, would they find hope in you? Father, would you protect them? Would you hold Ezra and Lila and the extended family? God, unite this family. Do a work, Holy Spirit, that only you can do. But Lord, we just say thank you for their faithful witness. Thank you for how they allow your love and your peace and your grace to rule and lead their life. Forbidden crystal, God, we say thank you. Thank you. For Kala, we say thank you. As Crystal said, Kala is not a was, she's an is. And she is ministering to us, and she is inspiring us, and she is pointing us to you. And so we say, thank you for that beautiful girl that you made. Thank you for that beautiful girl that you gifted. And thank you for the work that she is still doing here today. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Would you encourage them one more time and let them know? You guys can have a seat. Boy, I tell you, life throws you some detours, doesn't it? Man, you have plans. And matter of fact, then this summer, when uh, what we do for pastors here is after they've been on staff for seven years, uh, because Ben, and if you know anything about him and his family, they pour their lives so much into others. The return is a phenomenal ministry of our college age that God has done through them both. And what we do for our pastors here after every seven years, we go, hey, you need six weeks off. And we do a sabbatical. And this summer was to be his sabbatical. And they had plans, they had trips, they had all these things that they were going to do with their family. And then they got the news about Kala. 
And Ben was actually in Romania on a mission trip with the return, had to fly back early. And man, we hit these life moments that are just detours. This week we had a detour. We're, we're kind of deviating out of our scripture that we're going to look at. And we said, God, we got to follow you because sometimes we hit these dark roads in our life and we go, we don't know what to do. A matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever been there, but this is no way in a comparison. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I went on a family vacation during my steady break, and I went down, and uh, I've got a seven and a three and a one-year-old, and we were going to Florida, and I said, we want to love each other at the end of this trip, so let's fly, not drive. And... Uh, and so we, we flew down there. We had a friend let us use their house down there to hang out, and, uh, except our flight got delayed by three hours. So we got in at 1.30 in the morning in Orlando, and uh, our kids, they didn't get more tired. They got more wired uh, as the night went on. And so here we are with three little kids in the airport at 1.30 in the morning. You know, we're trying, we're, we're going, this didn't go the way we planned. And I walked up to the rental uh, desk and I said, you know, I'm here for Ross. Here's my confirmation number, 1.30 in the morning. And he said, Ross, 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 uh, don't have you in the system. Did you know there's two Orlando International Airports? Yeah, there's Orlando International, and then there's Orlando Sanford. And then the guy said, good news, for $90, you can get an Uber to the other airport to go get your vehicle. And then he said, or for a small fee. How is it small fee if it's more than $90? I don't know. But he said, for a small fee, we can see if we can transfer you. And I said, yeah, I'll pay whatever, man. I just need a van. And I got the van, got them loaded up about 2 in the morning. We're driving. I don't know where I'm driving. We're driving these back roads in Florida. And we're just driving. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we're driving in life down a road that we don't see any light. And we wonder in those moments, God, where are you? And I just want to give you permission today, if you're asking the question, why and where, you need to know that is a good question to ask. It is an okay question to ask. Before we kind of look theologically at what we can hold on to and hope in the midst of this, I want to remind us of Jesus' words today as we hold on to. I want to give you that. But before I kind of get there, I wanted to speak practically to you for a moment. Uh, I know in these moments, it, sometimes uh, we want to say stuff like this to people. Uh, hey, God just needed another angel. Can I just let you know, don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. Two reasons why. One, it's not biblical. We don't go to be angels. We are a soul that goes to be with the Lord, and we wait for a bodily resurrection to be with the Lord forever. The Lord didn't need another angel. Okay? So be gentle with our words. Here's what we can do in this season and in this setting. Just be quiet. Some of the most helpful words that you can tell somebody in this season, maybe to one another in this room who are grieving, is simply this. And it doesn't feel like we're doing much, and that's okay. It's simply this. I am so sorry for your loss. And be quiet, because there are no words. Right now, there are only tears. There are no words. Matter of fact, if you look in the book of Job, when Job lost his whole family, his friends show up and it says that his friends sat with him silent for seven days. And you know when they screwed up? They started talking. 
hey, Job, I bet this is why this happened. I bet this and this and this. And what happened was they started saying all these things that weren't right, that weren't of God, and it actually did more damage than it did good. And I just want to encourage you right now for one another, one of the best things we can do for each other, and I'm going to allow us a time of prayer here at the end to be able not just to pray for the Woods family, but to pray for each other in our church family. Simply this, some of the greatest things is just to sit with each other, just to listen, not to say anything, but just to walk with each other. It is one of the greatest things we can do for each other in a season of mourning and grieving. And it feels like we're not doing anything, but you need to know that your presence matters. That when people know that you're there and they're with you, it matters and it helps. Now, theologically, this is what I want us to kind of wrap our mind around a little bit because Paul goes through the same things and he faced the same struggles. He would lose friends, good people who were faithful servants of God. And listen, what he writes in Romans chapter 8, it kind of gives us a little bit of a background. And I'm not here just to give you a theological argument today. I just want to offer us a little bit of just direction of what do we do in this moment. Hey, listen what Paul says in Romans chapter 8 verse 22. He says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Many of you might have said this. Because I've said it this week, with Cala passing, this is what I've just said, God, this ain't right. God, this ain't right. Because we know this, especially with parents in the room, we know when people go out of order, it makes us go out of order. You don't even have to be a follower of Jesus here today to know that ain't right. But the reason why you and I know it's not right is because we are made in the image of God. We reflect God's glory. We have God's DNA in us. And when we see this happen, we know and we feel this ain't right. And Paul says that we know that the whole creation has been groaning because when sin came into the world, and I'm not just trying to use this as an easy answer for today, and that's not what I'm giving. I'm just kind of giving a little bit of backdrop that when sin came in the world, it affected everything, all of creation. All of creation knows this groaning right up to the present time. And then he says this, not only so, but we ourselves, even us Christians who have the first fruits of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our life, he said, even us Christians, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. You ever go through something so painful, you just go, God, I can't wait for heaven. Oh, God. That's this groaning, that's this longing, and we're going, God, we need you. We know this isn't the way that you created the world. But down in verse 26, Paul says this. He says, and in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. If you feel weak today, you need to know the Holy Spirit wants to minister to you. See, the beauty of God is this. In the midst of our heartache, he's with us. See, this is why Christ came. Christ stepped into our suffering. Christ took on our suffering. Christ became human just like you and I. He didn't just come here and he's Superman and kind of flew around a little bit. 
That's not how he came. He came fully human and experienced the pain. This is why in John 11, you see at Lazarus, when he passed away, you see it said that Jesus wept because he looked at the pain that you and I go through, and it moves him, and it grieves him, and he steps into it. And Paul says in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The thing is this, you and I just have to be weak before God to say, God, would you work in me? And he goes on to say this, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So if you show up and you talk to people and you go, I don't have the words, you're doing good. Because in moments like this, we don't have the words. But I know this is a church family. This is why God has given us the church. That we would walk with one another, that we would sit with one another, that we would listen with one another. Matter of fact, this week, tomorrow, I'll send out an all-church email, and I'm going to attach with that some ways for you to be able to grieve. We have some people on staff, unbelievable people who can walk you through your grief. They're going to put those in daily devotions this week. We'll put a link there where it will guide you into the scriptures because in this moment, you and I will not have words. And I want to be honest with you here today as well. Just because you're grieving and I'm grieving doesn't mean God doesn't want to use you to help somebody else grieve as well. God is saying, I want to work through you to redeem all things. I want to use in the midst of your hurt an opportunity to give hope. And so I just want to give us three quick guidelines today as we grieve. As we walk through this as a church family, we don't walk through this alone. Jesus is with us and we are with one another. And it is okay to be devastated. It is okay to be hurting. And so what I want us to do is simply this. I just want us to look back to Jesus' invitation to his disciples and to say, Jesus, where do we go from here? I love what Ben has created with the return. One of their culture codes is this. Wherever we go, we go together. And I love that. I love that the heart of the church is to say, wherever we're going to go, we're going to go together. So if we're mourning, we're going to mourn together. If we're hurting, we're going to hurt together. And we're going to allow Jesus to lead us. And listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. He's going to kind of just lay it out for us of how we move forward. I love what Grief Share has taught me here at church. It's this. Sometimes we feel like, oh, man, just we got to get over it. No, 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 no. We don't get over it. It's that God will get us through it. And listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burden, and I will give you rest. He's saying, come to me. I know you're hurting. I'm not asking you to hold it together. I'm not asking you to walk into church and act like nothing's wrong. He's going, I want you to come to me with everything that's going on in your life because I want to give you rest. And then he says this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is knowing you need rest for your soul. He knows you and I are going to go through things in life that we can't handle. And he's going, that's why I want you to come to me because I'm going to hold you together. I'm going to be able to lead you through it for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I want to let you know that Jesus And the way of Jesus is always an invitation to come towards him. 
to come towards him with your pain, to come towards him with your questions. I want to let you know today, some of you today are very analytical, and some of you today are very upset at God. I want to let you know this church is a safe place for your hard questions. And we invite them. We don't push them away. We say, no, come after this. Jesus is saying, come to me with your questions. Come to me with your burdens because I want to give you rest. I want to walk with you in the middle of this. I want to help you. I know for some of you, as we've heard about this loss, it has triggered loss in your life in other areas, in other ways. And God is saying, that's okay. I want you to bring that to me. And what he's saying is this. When he says, come to me, all of you who are burdened and weary, and I will give you rest, what he's giving us permission to do is this, to know that it is okay to not be okay. You need to know today, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to walk in here and go, man, I'm just not okay. God goes, I know, come on. Come on. It's okay. But here's the beauty of the church. What happens is when we let God know about what's not okay in our life, we begin to see Jesus minister in that area. Matter of fact, God will use you to minister to one another. And for some of us, we're going, well, hey, hopefully the church staff takes good care of them. We are. We're going to invest everything we can. But did you know this? You guys are going to have conversations with people in this community that us as pastors, we don't get to. There's people that will not come to this church. But in your workplace and in your neighborhood, maybe in your family, God is saying, I want you to help them process this pain. Matter of fact, this is why I love this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. Listen to what it says. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. See, this is why we come to him, because he comforts us in everything that's wrong. But he doesn't just comfort us. He says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble, not because you're good enough, not because you have your life together, but with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So what do you have to offer our community? What do you have to offer the church? You know what you and I have to offer one another? Simply the comfort that Jesus has given us. See, this is why we don't need to make up phrases like, nope, we just need another little angel in heaven. No, 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 no. We don't need crazy phrases like that. You know what we need? The comfort and the presence of the Holy Spirit around us. This is why God has given you his Holy Spirit, because he's going, the comfort that I give you, I want you to give to one another. So can I ask you, church family, in the midst of your mourning, in the midst of your grieving, would you keep your eyes up for people around you that God wants to minister to through you? This is why the church is called a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You and I are to be ministers to this community. You and I are to be a light in the midst of the darkness. You and I are to be the ones that sit down and just listen to the tough questions that people have and go, I'm going to walk with you through those questions. Not to try to debate people, but to say, I am here and I am with you because the Holy Spirit wants to bring comfort to this community. Do not doubt the work that God wants to do, not just in you, but through you in this situation. If you would hear Ben and Crystal talk in the midst of their grieving, they go, they would say stuff like this, we know God won't waste this, and he will draw people to himself through this. And the conversations that are already happening and the people that are already talking about this, God is at work through the midst of this. How? I don't know.
don't know. But that's how he works. It's okay to not be okay. But not only that, you might want to write this down. It's okay to not know what to do next. It's okay to not know what to do next. I just want to give you permission. I don't know what to do next. Every day throughout since Kyla passed, every day my daughter Lily, who's seven, at some point in time, even this morning before I came here, my kids love to come out. Dad, can I back up the car with you? And, you know, it always delay things, and they're always hitting buttons and all this other stuff. And i got to fix everything in the car, you know, after they get out. And, you know, it's just kind of, oh, okay, yes. And it happened in the car this morning as I'm on the way here. Okay, and Daddy, pray for me. Okay, and I always pray for him before I leave. I'm praying for him. And as I get done praying, Lily's sitting next to me, and she's just crying. I've never had to talk about this with her. She's never lost a cousin before. Guys, I don't know what I'm doing. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important. That's why Jesus says this phrase, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Jesus says, this is why I want you to come to me, because you're not going to know what to do next, but I'm going to continue to reveal. I just want you to learn from me. I just want you to let me carry you through this next season. If anybody saw Kevin Durant tear his Achilles in the NBA Finals, nobody looked at him and went, well, you make hundreds of millions of dollars. You can walk yourself to the locker room. He's like, I can't walk. And so here's what happens. People come around Kevin, and they pick him up, and they carry him to the locker room. In the midst of our heartache and our hurt, Jesus says, this is why I want you to come to me because it's okay not to be okay. And not only that, I know you don't know what to do next. Would you just let me come into your life and pick you up and carry you and let you learn from me in this new season that you've never been in? See, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. I think part of our struggle with Jesus is this. We want to have it all together and we just want God's blessing. And Jesus says, no, I want you to let me carry you through all of this. I found this fascinating. There's this art that came around in the 15th century in Japan called Kintsugai. I've got a couple pictures of this art. And what happened is, if you know anything about Japanese art, they make these incredible vases or vases, however you want to pronounce it. I, I don't belong in that league. But, uh, but what happened in the 15th century is they started doing this new art form. And because through earthquakes and different things that would break, they would take these vases. There's another picture of these beautiful vases that they take. And what happens is this, when vases would break, typically what would happen is they would try to glue them all back together so you wouldn't see any of the imperfections. They would be broken, but on the outside you would think everything is okay. And then in the 15th century, they started doing something different. They said, what if we don't hide the imperfections? What if we reveal the imperfections? And they started filling them in with gold. And now if you look at this art, actually this art is worth more than the original because now there's a greater work in them. And can I be honest with you today, church? I think the greatest challenge for us in the season ahead is this, for you and I to just simply be vulnerable enough with God to not walk around like nothing's wrong, but for us to reveal the imperfections that we carry. 
And in the midst of our imperfections and in the midst of our heartache and in the midst of our wounds, in the midst of our tears, Christ will come in and do a work in us that is far greater than we've ever known. See, this is what it looks like to be a follower. It's okay to ask the hard questions, but when we make ourselves available to God, we see a work of God in our lives that we didn't know was possible. And what ends up happening is this. We find even in the midst of this heartache, it's okay. It's okay. Because in Jesus alone will our souls find rest. This is why he ends this passage by saying that. He says, not only come to me and not only learn from me, he says, because here's what happens. You will find rest for your soul. In the midst of this, God is not just carrying us, he's healing us, and he's with us. And I just want to prepare you for this next season. Guys, we're going to need each other. And we're going to need to learn how to lean on one another. And we're going to learn how to just sit in silence with one another. And we're going to have to learn how to pray like we've never prayed before. And yet in the midst of all of this, God in his grace and his wisdom and in his power will do a healing work in us. But here's the thing. We've just got to be simply vulnerable before God. We've got to let him know what's in our heart. We've got to let him know what we're carrying so that we can find the rest that only Jesus can give us. What I'd like for us to do is, if you would, would you stand? And I want us to end the way that we started. And so if you would, would you grab a hand? Would you cross the aisle? And I know this feels a little uncomfortable. Because sometimes it's really cool to be able to come in here, kind of get your Jesus on and get out of here. The more you'll learn about Jesus is this. It's not just you and Jesus. It's us and Jesus. It's us and Jesus. And Jesus wants to work in you, but he wants to work through you to help this church to lift up the Woods family. And I'm going to invite you, if you have time, if you're available, no guilt, no problem, if not, I just want to invite you. After I pray for us, if you would, if you would want to huddle up into some groups, if you feel comfortable, if you got to get out of here, no, no worries, there's no judgment. But I just want to begin, as we enter in this new season as a church, by, with prayer. And if you'd feel comfortable enough, after I pray for us, just to kind of huddle up in groups, Pray for Ben and Crystal. If you're grieving, ask for prayer. Guys, would you pray for me? Man, I'm shattered right now. That's okay. Okay. And I'll be okay. Because the power of the Spirit meets us in our weakness. Let me pray for us. And then we'll minister to one another. Father, We really don't have the answers, but we have you. 
And we have your invitation to allow you to hold us together by the power of your spirit. And we have your church here to carry us and to hold us. And so, Jesus, we thank you that you would work ahead of us already, providing what we need. And ultimately, Jesus, we thank you for the cross and the power of your resurrection, that when you died and you rose again, you said that is death to death. That will not have the last word. That Jesus, you had the last word. That we have the hope of eternity, not just with you later, but we have the hope of eternity in heaven with us now through the power of your spirit. And so, Father, help us to awaken to your presence, to awaken to your power in our life, to the broken areas, to the questions, to the hurt, to the confusion, to the shattered places. Holy Spirit, would you come in and fill us up? God, would you give us courage to minister to one another? Would you break us of any selfishness so that we can walk alongside people even when we don't know what we're doing and when we don't have the words, we have you and we can be present. So thank you, Jesus, for not leaving us alone. Thank you, Jesus, that you don't ask us to go through this by ourselves or try to figure this out, but you go with us and you and the power and only your ability provide rest that our souls desperately need. So Holy Spirit, we just simply say, here we are. Would you minister to us today? Would you give us courage to minister to each other right now, to walk with one another? Maybe complete strangers, but by your grace and your power, we are your family and your church. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your power and your presence today. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. If you're able, stick around, pray together. God bless you guys. We'll see you next weekend.